Good morning. Okay, so we have been uh, honed in on the foundational things over three months now, and we're moving on to other things. We're moving on to like, the more explosive um, teachings that are in the Word of God that we should now begin to uh, not only speak on, but begin to see these things actually manifest in our lives, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, not a lot of people like to be involved in the foundational things. You, you, when, take, for example, when you're building a house. You know, if you have a builder building a house, you're not too interested in the house when it's under the ground, like the work that is being undertaken there. You can't wait for them to get to the the level where you can begin to conceptualize and see what's going to be on the top, right? But we can't take that approach, spiritually speaking, because the, the Lord Jesus didn't put it laid out that way. We cannot ignore the foundational things and then expect that we're going to live in this beautiful home spiritually speaking so that's why we've been even though it's very challenging for for us to uh, be transformed and to be changed and have this new mindset that um god wants us to come into and it takes work for us to get there but we have to pay attention to this so that's what we have been focused on and you know th this is the way it's prescribed in scripture so why should we hide from you know it's you know, a Christian that comes to God in a revival, sometimes it's a very dangerous thing. It should be a blessing. But a lot of the times, these people, it's very hard to teach them the word. And all you have to do is look to scripture and you see this. The people that follow Jesus when he was doing all of those signs, wonders, and miracles, the minute he began to um, indoctrinate them concerning his kingdom and about counting the cost, they were gone. That's what we call revival babies. <clears throat> They just want to see miracles, but they don't want they, their faith to be constructive, constructed in the word of God. And then we have the opposite <clears throat> in terms of the Pharisees. They are only into the word and then they're not into the spirit. And that's a, a, an imbalance. And uh, if you listen to most of the Christian radio, I listen to Christian radio a lot and even WDCX. And if, I, if you listen to most of the preachers that they have on there, they're very sown in the, in the doctrine. But when it comes on to the spirit, they're not interested. And you would be, I was listening to multiple ones of uh, these guys for years, not understanding that they were what we call in the Christian faith cessationists. That means they don't believe in the Holy Spirit or they don't believe in prophecy. And yet still you can hear these guys teach on from uh, Genesis to Revelation very, very accurately, intellectually. But, you know, that type of mentality does not bring the explosive power that Jesus was bringing to uh, Israel when he came. And therefore, they, they, they can uh, have a church with uh, 500 people in their communities or 1,000 people in their communities. And, you know, they have a, a throng of faithful, faithful believers, but they really don't burst out into the supernatural and take it like to the nations. So, I, you know, once I begin to understand that these guys... I don't want to call any names, but I stopped. Once I realized that they don't believe in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they believe that these gifts actually ceased and that God doesn't communicate on certain levels anymore, I don't care what you teach. The minute you, you speak like that, you're off. I don't listen to you anymore because my experience, my own experience with God has actually contradicted this. And Jesus actually said in his word, which is like a, a you have to really wonder about their intellect and their, um, you know, really you have to question their intellect in terms of reading. Because Jesus said that we would do the very same works. And the only way that Jesus did those works was after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So how is it that they expect us to undertake this 
when the, the, the word says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Nothing points to man undertaking a spiritual work intellectually or by power, by force. It's just not going to happen. <clears throat> so we are, we are um, doing the twofold thing that we should be doing, which is balance, which is the word and the spirit. <clears throat> so everything that we do, we have to see some type of a precedence in the word of God for it. With that being said, we want to move on. Now, last week we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and this week we we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My mindset when I went to church and began to under, um, you know, undertake uh, the whole concept of uh, incorporating the Holy Spirit in my life was I have to put this thing to the test. I have to put this thing to the test. I'm not going to come and learn something intellectually and then it never serve any purpose in my life. So what I would do as I, you know, we were privileged to go through a, a school that had, um, they were very versed in the prophetic and they blessed us a lot. But I really would go to the Monday night classes, learn what they had to say. And then Tuesday when I'm on the street, I say, okay, Lord, that's what I learned yesterday. And I know I'm here before your people and I expect something to happen. So I would go in the restaurants and in the coffee shops and I would expect, and I would say, Lord, that lady over there, do you have something to speak to her? And myself and Kim, we began to do this. And so, you know, we're, we see a reference to it in scripture and we see it begin to materialize in our life. And this is what the expectation that we must have. When this begin to happen in your life, all of these theological discussions and conversations and disagreements that you're having with people, there'll be a thing of the past. Unless you're moving, um, unless you're moving in your own mind and you're doing things. But if you're depending on the Holy Spirit, you will bear fruit. And it'll be a supernatural thing. So as we examine, as we go into scripture and examine the fruits or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we really want people to think about them. And then when you're outside, begin to ask the Lord, how do I witness to people? Do you want me to pray for someone? Is, it, is there a supernatural word of knowledge that you want to give to me? And begin to, you know, let's put it this way. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were in this position fully. They were in this spiritual state. So there was no, I believe the communication that they could have with God is similar to what we have in the natural or even better. But after they sinned, they fell into the soulish state. And they begin to operate based on the material world and how the mind, the will, the emotions, the eyes, the ear, the uh, thoughts interact with this material world. But when Jesus came into the scene, he uh, allowed us, this is why the Lord had this conversation with Nicodemus about being born again, which we read um, you know, I won't go to that scripture now, but Jesus was having this conversation with Nicodemus, who was a very intellectual person and telling this Pharisee that he needed to have a born again experience before he can come into the kingdom. And Nicodemus was saying, can a man be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb the second time and be born again? So, but we are born again people. Our spirit man has been activated again in Christ. And now that our spirit man is activated, we are now no longer operating under the Adamic nature. We can have this newness. But the thing is that we are, we are gradually brought into this newness by the, by the power of God as we submit our will. And the important thing here is that we must submit our will to the Holy Spirit. We must submit our will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If these things are not ma manifesting in your life, a lot of the times it's because they, we have not laid the foundation. And in that case, you have to go back to the foundation and truly ask the Lord, 
if you're committed to him, if you gave him your life, are you still operating uh, under the old man? Are you just believe for salvation, but you didn't believe for maturity and perfection? So we want to go the full mind, the full mile and receive this spirit life and begin to function as a spirit being, function as a spirit being. Jesus lived out of his spirit. And, you know, we have been shortchanged. Like I said, we have been shortchanged in the churches that we have, that I've gone to anyway. Uh, you know, very few of the pastors were at that level. And if you're not at that level, not a knock on them, but you know what? You can only teach a person up to the level that you are. You can't teach, um, medically speaking, you, you know, you can't teach a person beyond the level that you have been taught and, and experienced, right? Mm -hmm. So theologically speaking or experientially teaching, you can't teach a person about the Holy Spirit when you have not walked with the Holy Spirit. I know right now, this at this point in my seven Kim's life, we are enjoying the power of God. We are not even, you know, the things, what happens here on Sunday morning is one thing, but what happens in the week is another thing. And what God has been blessing us with is absolute power, similar, in the similitude of the book of Acts. That's what we're actually seeing manifesting, like daily, daily, the power of God to um, deliver people, to heal people, speaking in tongues, whatever it is. Break off generational curses, all of those type of things. And people are actually seeing results. We're seeing people's lives being transformed because we laid the foundation as it's written out in Scripture. And God has, the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us well. Do we know all things? No, we're continuing to grow. But what little that we do know, the Lord taught, taught us well because we're realists. We read the scripture and I said, that there, I mark it in my brain. And I said, that there have to manifest in my life, period. I'm not, not going to spin a dice on it. And, 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 you know, we need to challenge God like this. Some people think it's a little bit bold. God is looking for people like this. If you ain't bold, then you're fearful and you're timid. And that's, that's not from God. He's looking for, for men and women that are strong and bold and confident in him, not in themselves. How can you open this Bible and read it and see that God is actually talking about you and not become strong and bold and confident? And not have a mentality that you're just going to um, overrun the kingdom of darkness when you go outside. It's impossible in my estimation for you to spend time seeking God and in the word and not have this mentality. The only limitation you have is this physical body of yours. That's the only limitation that you have. But spiritually speaking, you can destroy and dismantle and no man can talk to you. No man can define you who you are. It's impossible that a man can define. This is why I, I laugh at um, the political landscape when I look in the U.S. And I, see, I, I say, what are people that are lost? That has no concept who they are, black, white, and everybody. No concept in a general sense. 330 million people, we probably, they probably have about 50 million people, and the other ones are like cattle, like I was saying last night. They don't have a concept who they are. They don't have an identity in God. And if you don't have an identity in God, His mercy is causing you to be alive, but you have no identity. You, know who not, you don't know who you are. You have to come to Jesus Christ. You have to subject your life to His Lordship before you truly know who you are and what, how you are created. But, uh, apart from that, they will indoctrinate you with all different type of um, concepts about uh, agnostic, about evolution and all these type of things. And it's the most ridiculous thing that you can ever heard here. And yet still, most of the studs, the, the smart intellectuals in uh, North America, we talk about uh, you know, we want to go to the best colleges. And most of the professors there, yes, they will teach you things that you can make a living and so forth. Great. But when it comes down to spiritual things, they're daft. 
And this is this is where we are now. And to manifest the kingdom of God, you have to come to this level of God. And understand that the intelligence that is of God supersedes vastly the intelligence of this world. So I'm not seeking that which is down here. I was saying to Sister Marcia last night, I'm not looking for the technology, uh, the, the education that can give me $150,000 per year. No, I want the one from God that can put $10 million in my pocket now. So I'm giving myself totally to God because when Jesus needed money, what did he do? Supernaturally, he got it. When he needed food, supernaturally. So yeah, take advantage of the talents and the abilities that God has given you, but don't allow them to overrun you so you become a spiritual um you become incompetent spiritually speaking so we want to go to uh first corinthians 12 i will read from 1 to 11. first corinthians 12 1 to 11 i just give you a couple minutes to go there we're going to look at the nine gifts of the holy spirit and when i say nine gifts of the holy spirit we're talking more Biblically speaking, based on human understanding, we know that the manifestation of the Spirit, you can't put a number on them because they are beyond nine. But to be doctrinally sound and consistent with Scripture, we'll just use these as they are defined here. So it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So ye know that you were carried carried away onto these dumb idols, even as you were led. And he's talking about that state that we were in before we come to Christ. So Paul is speaking consistent with, oh, I have been speaking. You know that you were Gentiles carried away onto these dumb idols, even as you were led. So wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God call it Jesus accursed. I mean, any man who is you here who is blaspheming in the name of Jesus Christ is not speaking of God. He's speaking based on the, the old man. And that no man say that Jesus is, is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So for you to really have that understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord, it's not something that we um, accomplish academically, but it's a revelation that comes to us by the Holy Spirit. And he says, no, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diverse differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. And this is basically, you know, what Paul is actually saying here is, you know, if you go and read God's generals, if you go and take a look at God's generals, you will see that many of them disagreed with each other in the past because they did not understand a certain manifestation of the Holy Spirit. If Let's take the case of um, Alexander Doe and I believe it was Marie Woodward Etter. And uh, in this case, Marie Woodward Ether truly had the revelation of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit was doing the supernatural in her, in her ministry. And she was having, a, you know, for example, you, people would be speaking in tongues, people would be caught in trances and all of these type of things. But Doe, on the other hand, was very doctrinal. And when he came on her ministry, he thought it was not of God. And the Lord was actually aligning them. And they are probably two of the most powerful people that God has used in modern day. And yet still, they didn't have the spirit of discernment to figure out that each one was from God. But they were just a different manifestation. And that's why we have to be very careful. Um, because you might be gifted in one area. Because which one individual can actually understand not even 0.001% of God? 
So he give you, he, we can, we can encompass a smaller part. So God might give me a certain understanding, a certain revelation, but I have to respect the fact that he's given millions of people in the body of Christ revelations that are different from mine. And I have to discern, use discernment instead of me just saying, okay, this is not like I'm doing it. So it's wrong. And we have had many people resisted the Holy Spirit over the years, resist, resisted the gifts of the Holy Spirit because of this. Let's go verses seven. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit without. So the, the, the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit those that are outside the body, those that you're ministering to. That's one of the things that we must understand. A lot of times we take these spiritual gifts and uh, we do our own thing with them. But they are given to us for ministerial purposes. For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom. We're going to look into what is it that word of wisdom. And if you have gone through this, which, um, you know, many people here. I've already gone through um, this. No problem. Paul, you know, Paul was telling Timothy to stir up the gift that was inside of him. Stir them up. So if you have already, then it's now a time for you to stir it up and begin to depend on the Holy Spirit. Again, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. We're going to look into what is a word of knowledge. Uh, to another, faith by the same spirit. I mean, yeah, we, in a general sense, we understand. But then there's a special gift of faith, a supernatural gift of faith that you can come into. To another, the gift of healing by the same spirit. Supernatural gifts of healing. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those tongues. <clears throat> so that's what we want to... Um, focus on and get down a little bit so we can get understanding and then after after we go through these gifts maybe i think we might do this in two sittings because there's so many but so there's quite a bit of material to go through but after that we will go into the protocols on how to use these in a, especially in a church setting so that they there can be order so that there is not chaos right so so that we don't have the gifts 10 different gifts manifesting in 10 different people and, and it's all being done at once because we want the gifts that God has given us to bless the part, the person that is receiving from us. We don't want to, um, you know, to offer confusion. So we'll break them down in three categories. And uh, let's call the first one is the revelatory gifts, the revelatory gifts. And that one, th th this means that some, God is actually revealing something to you, something in a supernatural way, in a supernatural way. This is not information that you come into because of your, because of you saw anything or heard anything, or you had um, any type of a thought process, anything going on in your mind. But it's something that you come up, come into from a revelatory perspective. That means God downloaded to you supernaturally. All of a sudden, this. Um, I'll give you guys an example. When myself and Kim was going to the school, we went to a restaurant at one point and begin to um, put this into practice. And I said, okay, we had uh, we were in a South Street burger. I might share with you guys might have heard this. And I said, let's pray and ask God for the lady that just cashed us out if he has a word for her. So we closed our eyes and I prayed. And by the time I opened my eyes, uh, Kim was not before me. She was already before the lady. Um, and, I, and within 15 seconds of being before the lady, I saw the lady crying. And I'm thinking, okay, I guess she has something. So the Lord had given her a word that this lady lost her baby. And the minute that Kim began to share this with the, you know, you just see the tears begin to come down. That is a supernatural thing. We, we are not um, psychic to figure out people's, um, people are going to the psychics and don't even realize that those are demonic things. So that's um, 
an, an example of how it works. So the, the first one is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those comes by come by are those are the revelatory gifts. The next one is the vocal gifts, gifts that speaks or says something, and that's prophecy. So when you prophesy, you're speaking words by inspiration over a person, over a situation, or diverse kinds of tongues, or interpretation of tongues. Those are the vocal gifts that you're actually saying something. And then next is the power gifts. Gift of faith, gift of miracles, gift of healing. Those are the, the power gifts. So we'll start with the, the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. What is a word of wisdom? There are various, no, I'm just kind of, I kind of, based on my understanding, I put this, uh, these words together to give you just an idea of what it really is. And it's not that, it might not comprehensively explain what it, but it gives us a, uh, an idea of what it is. A, a supernatural wisdom that is imparted to you in a circumstance or situation that will offer a solution. It's a wisdom that comes from God in a cir circumstance or a situation that you are, and it offers a solution to something that is there that needs to be solved, right? And we can begin to, um, it doesn't come from um, the intellect or from accumulative knowledge, but it, it's supernatural in nature. And we can go into scripture and begin to see examples of where this gift was in operation. And then now, once you begin to see scriptural references, it's one thing for someone to tell you, some, tell you something, it's another thing when they show you scriptural references. And when we have this in scripture, we can begin to contend for it, right? Because God wants to do. So let's go to 1 Kings 3. We'll read from 16 to 28. 1 Kings 3, 16 to 28. And we know that, uh, we know that Solomon had an encounter with the Lord, and uh, he was requested, what is it that God, you would want? God gave him just a choice to choose. What is it that you would have me bless you with? And we know that Solomon did not ask for material things. Solomon asked for wisdom. So the verse is 16, it says, so, <clears throat> excuse me, then came two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the, and the one woman said, Oh, my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after I was delivered that this woman was, that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. So both of these uh, women had two children, and they were the only ones that were around. And this woman this woman's child died in the night because she laid on it. She overlaid it, right? And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I, when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. So she realized by the features that she had the other woman's son. That's what it says in scripture here. And she realized that, oh, this lady actually was the one who, you know, mistaken it, didn't do it on purpose, but it happened anyway. And then she did a very quick thing in the night there and gave her the dead child, which is a, you know, a terrible thing to do. And the other woman said, nay, but the living is my son and the dead is my son, thy son. And, and they said, no, but the dead is thy son. So they kept on going back and forth 
which was not going to solve the um, issue here. So there had to be, how do we solve this issue? Then said the king, the one, the one say, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is, is the dead. And the other say, nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And we know the sword represents the word of God, the wisdom of God. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her. And she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. So we know the lady that really, that was not her child. She was not thinking about the child. She was just, you know, trying to get her own way. Then the king answered and said, Give her, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. So, you know, it, the wisdom that God had imparted to Solomon mm -hmm. is what um, navigated in him in this situation. A supernatural wisdom, supernatural understanding that comes from God. And the thing is that we, in this day and age, as spirit beings, we have the same wisdom can be spoken through us. I believe, not to be... I believe all of us have gifts and talents and abilities that the Lord give us. And I believe this more than anything else is the area that God has blessed me with along with faith is um, wisdom. Because, you know, people think that, you know, oh, you're strong, you're bold. I'm not strong. I'm not bold. I just have faith in God. And that, that faith in God make, makes, it, makes it looks that way. So this is one example in scripture of that wisdom um, being used. Another example is Acts 6 and verses 1. Acts 6 and verses 1. We're going through this and we want you to, the, the Bible said we, we should desire these gifts. We, we should desire them. We should, you know, ask the Lord for them. We should begin to operate spiritually. And this is how, when you begin to do this, you will see the power of God will come and transform people. It's not about us. You know, like I say, intellectually convincing a person. You cannot tell a Muslim that Jesus Christ is Lord and expect him just to believe you like that. When his mom and his dad and his whole country is behind him in that, something has to happen to unseat him, something supernatural. And this is why what Jesus did when he, when he um, went to preach. Supernatural signs and, win, uh, and miracles. But, you know, if you don't put a demand on them, they do not happen. If, if you want to move in the healing anointing, you have to begin to pray for people. Right? If you want to um, operate in words of wisdom, you have to begin to speak. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He's not going to, this is what we talk about when you speak in tongues. Who is it that speaks? The Holy Spirit is not the one that take your tongue and just move it. It gives you that ability, but you got to, you got to, um, Step out and open your mouth and begin to let that um, unction that you're getting on the inside flow into a language. And that's how you receive it. So Acts 6 and verses 1, it says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Jews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. 
Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saint pleased the whole multitude. That is the, that is the wisdom of God. He will offer a solution where there seems to be, and I believe if we become more solution-oriented versus argumentative, we will see, we will see the results. So God does not want us to, when you meet a person on the street, okay, and you're uh, talking to them about Jesus, and they're offering some type of a resistance, what do you do in that moment? You see, that's why the Bible says that men ought always to pray, because when you're always praying and you're built up in the spirit, you know where your source is. In that moment, when you're facing squarely before you, someone who is um, objecting to your what you're actually saying, you're supposed to be having another dialogue. And that dialogue is, Lord Jesus, how do I minister to this person? It's not just the intellect, you know? No. And that's what we, this is what we practice. This is, when I go in those situations, most of the times I understand that I didn't even walk in this situation, that God actually brought me into the situation. And he has um, a solution whatever we see this wisdom operated in jesus whenever they tried to you know the sadducees or the pharisees tried to trap him for example when he came unto the woman that was caught in adultery that's the wisdom of god and you know when you're and another thing that we need to do is know the word of god because when you know the word of god it's easy for the wisdom of god to be spoken out of your mouth and you will cancel every objection that people will bring to you and they will go, they will realize that something here is supernatural. So this word of wisdom, take a moment. That's why we're not going to do all of them in one. We'll just do a few of them today so we can go back and then think. Because Paul said that we should desire these spiritual gifts. We don't want to be like those, you know, a lot of the churches that we have been into where they teach you every Sunday year after year after year and there is no power there has to be a manifestation of power and we want everybody to operate in that that's a so that's in a nutshell that is the word of wisdom a wisdom that comes to you when you're in a situation where there is a jam where there's an issue not necessarily not necessarily in testifying right it's kind of like your kids could be having a, a fight over a candy this is earthly wisdom. And who should get it? And you say, why don't you break it in two? This person will get half and that person will get half. You explain it to them. So God will give you that wisdom in that moment that you need it. How to, how to witness to that person that is before you that is um, contrary to Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form. And you will see the fruit. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to share. Um, I hope Shana K is here, right? Shana K, you told this testimony on um, the other day, so I guess I'm just going to share a little bit. So we were, we were, um, I, the Holy Spirit is telling me to use your, your testimony, Shana K. So we were, I was, we were ministering to Shana K a few days ago, and she wanted to the, uh, have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She, uh, she can share the whole thing. But there was one, one um, hiccup, because multiple people had prayed for her, and she never received it. So there was a, a blockage there. And I, and, and, I was asking the Lord, before I prayed for her, I was asking the Lord, 
how is it that she's going to get her breakthrough? And the, the Lord told me to minister to her objection. And we did that and she got a breakthrough. So in that moment, I could say, I could have said to her, you know, it is of God. What is wrong with you, Shanaki? It is of God. Why don't you just open up to the word of God? But I needed the wisdom of God on how to, myself and Kim both, how to speak to her in that regard. And the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God opened the door for something that God had promised. And she got that baptism, which she might share with you guys after. Right. So that is the word of wisdom. Another one is a word of knowledge. The second one is a word of knowledge. Right. What is a word, word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation from God of any fact or event in the mind of God. And it is about a past or present circumstances. So God can give you revelation about some a person that is before you and give you something. Oh, you know what? They were in um, five years ago. They were in a car accident and they banged their knee. And now they have an injured, injured knee. I mean, most of the time, the Lord wants two gifts to manifest there. One is for you to um, let them know what the Lord just revealed. That you were in a car accident, accident five years ago and you got hurt. And even now your knee is still injured. That means that the Lord wants to heal them. So that's um, a word of knowledge. And this is, we were, at, we, we have shared this one with you guys uh, multiple times. We were in uh, Niagara Falls and um, we were going to the ministry school at that time. And I'm like, if they're teaching me this thing, I'm putting it to practice. I say, Lord, let's pray and ask the Lord for a word for this woman that is pouring the coffee. And we prayed. And you know, funny that, that, that the Lord did me a favor that day. He spoke to me in my belly, in my belly. My belly became my ear. And I heard it in my belly and then it just trickled up into my mind. I was like shocked. I was shocked. Because this was like, you know, the first one that I got. And I was looking at him. I was like, oh, my God. But he didn't give me anything. He just said, tell her how much I love her. That's it. And and then Kim got a word that this lady had two daughters. So the lady came back and she was pouring the coffee. And I go, do you believe in Jesus? And she goes, nope. Typical response, right? So do you think, uh, what do we need now? Supernatural wisdom in, in to deal with the situation of this unbelief. So I said, you know. The Lord just told me to tell you that he loves you. And she kind of like did a half smile. That was not, but then Kim had the kicker now. So I say, and my wife also got a word for you. And Kim told her that the Lord said that you have two daughters and you should pray for them because he's going to use them. And you, the lady just began to look at her hand like that. You could see the goose bumps on her hand. You see that? That's a supernatural way that you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So these guys who are, you know, older guys, some of them are in their 70s and preaching very well school. What do you do with the supernatural um, thing that is actually working and is in causing people to come into faith? Right. Jesus operated in, in, um, in these gifts and they are scriptural. Right. They, they are scriptural. Let's go to John. Let's look at a biblical example of this word of knowledge. And many people are familiar with this one. John. 4 7 to 19 so let's go to john 4 7 to 19. that's uh saint john saint john 4 7 to 19. i hope you guys have that scripture i'm cutting out a little bit of the earlier part of it so we can uh 
look at the results. Verse 7 says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. So Jesus was, um, if you go back a little bit, let's read from 5. It says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Joseph's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There, then there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto Jesus, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. And that's another, uh, that's another uh, sermon, pretty much, of what was transpiring at that time. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? So you see what's happening. The same kind of conversations that happen with us when we are on the, on the street, talking to people about Jesus Christ. We're talking from the natural world. And this woman is talking consistent with what she knows. The natural world and the lord is actually entertaining her at least for a period he is having this natural conversation and verses 12 it says are thou greater than our father jacob which gave us the, the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle jesus answered and said unto her whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again but whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst but the water that i shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing into everlasting life so we see the lord start off in the natural and he's taking her somewhere now he's taking her um leading her um in a intellectual sense right into the supernatural the woman said unto him sir give me this water that i thirst not neither come hither to draw so you see he got her thirsty for this water which is spiritual in nature jesus said unto her Get, go call thy husband and come Either. See, this now is not, uh, uh, this is a supernatural question that he asked her here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, for I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that says thou truly. So you see, that's revelatory knowledge. How is he supposed to know that this woman had five husbands and that she's not married, currently married? So he exposed all her business there. Right? By the, by the Spirit. So why is it that, that um, the Lord did it this way? Jesus Christ himself did it this way. And then in this season, this age, 2020, with so many more uh, lost people on the planet, they're telling us that we should go win the lost, but don't operate in this supernatural wisdom. Don't operate in these gifts. Just go preach. Right? It's not going to happen. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I perceive that thou art a man of God and that you're here to deliver the word of the Lord to me. Why are we, uh, this, isn't that what we need to do today? We need to begin to transact the conversations from a natural conversation into a supernatural one that will cause that person to begin to have faith in Jesus Christ. And we do that by the Spirit. Now, the Spirit is the one that will give you which one of those um, gifts manifest those gifts as he wills because he knows the perfect one to use at the perfect time the only thing we're doing is open up opening up ourselves to that gifts that gift that you want to manifest 
And that's why we, we need to also know the gift that we have. We need to know the gift that God has given us, primary gifts. Even though the Holy Spirit can cause you to um, walk in any one of these if you're willing at any time. But we, are, we also, I know, for example, Kim is more the prophetic gift. She has always had that prophetic gift long before we have been doing this. She had that prophetic gift because she just knew things by revelation that God would give her. And I depend on that gift. You know, the Bible says when, when you're married, the two become one. So some people ask if I have the prophetic gift. Yes, I have the prophetic gift because myself and Kim, are, we're one. So or whenever I want a word from the Lord and he's not answering me, I take the anointing that God has put on my life. I lay my hands on her and God speak to me. I put pressure on the anointing and the gifting that is on her. Right? That, this is what I do, and I put pressure on heaven. I go and I boast, right? When God put me to people, and then I say, then the Lord send me. I say, okay, I got, Lord, I got myself in trouble. You see, the, the, oh, I told people that I'm going to come, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. And I'm in my car heading to their house. No, you think the Lord, the Lord said, send an angel and help him out. I'll let the Holy Spirit come and help him out. Mm -hmm. And that's what, we just need to have that confidence that God is not going to um, send us. And he's not going to help us. And this is the key. It was not designed that we should have all of those great conversations that only invoke anger. Because if the, if the person that you're talking to is in no mood to have a religious conversation, which happens a lot of times, a lot of times. We were praying uh, even this week. We were praying with several different people and you know it took the power of god to convince them the lord had us speak words and then he manifested power boom but you know we knew this was god's will because he caused us to um connect with these people so we know that god is going to do something not andrade not kim i'm not doing anything except you allowing the holy spirit to speak through me or, or pray but then the miraculous thing that happens the Spirit of God is the one who does it. We are catching up to what God is doing a lot of the times when people are sharing the testimonies of what happened. But it was just the faith factor that allowed us to minister in that situation. So these two um, gifts here, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, they are what we must use to go now and win the lost. Right? You know, Paul in... 1 Corinthians 2 verses 4, Paul says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Right? Not in wisdom of words, eloquence. No. That, I guess you, got, you guys understand why I'm here now. No eloquence. I'm not trying to be eloquent. I just want to speak in, uh, good enough so people can understand what I'm saying. We have all of the so-called eloquent speakers. They're powerless. Powerless. L l I mean, everybody thought that Barack Obama was going to change the world. Hello, with his voice. Nah. Uh-uh. If he had a little bit of Jesus in, inside of him, he would have done more. It's not eloquence that does this. That's why they have another president that came and, and, and reversed pretty much everything that he did. Uh, it's as if he never, his presidency never existed now. Because the only way to have any true impact on planet Earth is to allow Jesus Christ to move in, in, inside of you. Everything, is, everything else is wasted. 
You can't take your Princeton and, and Harvard education and change the world. You're just wasting time. Another one is discerning of spirit. You know, that's why God called me. I'm just speaking the truth. I have no alliance to any man that breathe breath. None. I'm just committed to Jesus Christ and what is written in his word. And I'm promoting his kingdom. And I'm promoting the thought process that is in his word. I'm promoting the word of God. And anything that stands up against the word of God, that thing is going to hit the dust in my life. I have nothing to do with it. It has no value. It's not eternal. Anything that is not eternal, does not have the eternal perspective, perspective is valueless. Right now, I'm contending for power in the, in the eternal world. I'm not looking down here for anything. How many people have um, accomplished so-called great things, intellectually speaking? What is it doing for them now? What am I going to do with all of this, whether it be knowledge or material things or fame that I'm going to lose? I'm not looking for admiration. and I don't believe any of us should, in the Christian faith should be looking for admiration from man. We should be looking for admiration from God. When my head touched the pillow in the night, I'm saying, Lord, I just pray that you did something worthwhile with me today, that I, did, I didn't misbehave, right? And that something was accomplished by, for the kingdom. I pray, Lord, that I didn't try and um, accomplish something physical. The goal is to strive to become like Jesus Christ, to have the impact. And, you know, this when we begin to do, that's why we laid out the foundational things, so that people can begin to move in power. Why? Because God spoke to us about power. This power that we're experiencing now and is going to continue to grow, even to the raising of the dead. There was one point when I had nothing to do with the dead. I didn't want to go to no funerals. If somebody died, listen, call me before they die. They die and I can go, you know, pray and see if they live. But when, after they die, you know, call some of my other relatives. I'm talking about family members. I really don't care after they're dead unless the Lord is going to raise them up. It's too late for me to have impact. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Unless he's going to raise them up. Another one is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. And the, the spiritual gift of perception, the spiritual gift of perception, not the type of, and even Christians just see using this type of technology these days, right? Trying to use the intellect or the mind to figure out things. No, we're talking about spiritual perception. That's the discerning of spirits. The ability to know the motive behind an inspiration, behind, behind an action, the ability to know whether this is something that is inspired of God whether this is in something that is inspired of the devil or whether this is something that is inspired of man. And this is very crucial, especially when you're in ministry. And we have, I, you know, I learned this from Kenneth Egan. And one time in his early ministries, if you guys don't know, Kenneth Egan is one of those um, very anointed men of God that passed on uh, a while now. But I like to listen to these um, guys because they have such wisdom that I learned a lot from them. But he was given this testimony earlier on in his ministry um, when they were like struggling um, financially. And, um, but he was preaching and somebody offered to take <laughs> his messages and put them on tape. And they were offering him $400,000 back then. I think it was like, maybe it was like in the 70s or 80s. So that $400,000 was a lot of money. But they were going to copyright, take any whatever books or material that he published, they would have to be marketed through that um, business deal. 
and they thought this was God answering their prayers. So he, but he went to pray about it, and the Lord told him, it is not from me. It is not from me, and he had to turn it down. Now, if you go and, and check $400,000, my God, that man did millions and millions of dollars. Not, the, not, not that the money, we're talking about it from the monetary perspective, but the impact that that money could have in his ministry for the kingdom of God. So it's this perspective, but that, that deal would have tied up everything. So not everything that you, that you receive is from God, even though it sounds good. And you have to have the gift of discernment to know this, the gift of discernment. You can tell things are, that are being suggested to you. Like we, myself and Kim, we have to be very careful in ministry because God is going to take us places along with uh, many other people that he has told us before. But the Lord, you know, the Lord already showed us that many people are going to try and come and offer us things that are not from him. But these are going to be things that could um, give you monetary gain. They probably could make you um, more famous and stuff like that. But all of that type of stuff, uh, not interested. Like, like in advance, I'm actually saying we, we have no desire for this. The, the, we want to get our paycheck when we go to heaven, okay? We're not looking for a paycheck down here. People can't, God has already um, showed us money and we are, we, we have a self-control when it comes on to money. So I'm not going to allow people to offer me anything temporary on this planet, any fame or any money or anything like that. And then, and then I don't get a reward for it when I go to heaven. So we have to operate in these gifts. Let's go to, let's look at a biblical example of this happening. Acts 16. Acts 16 and verses 16 from 16 to 18. I trust uh, you guys have that scripture. Acts 16, 16 to 18. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. A spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by, by suit saying. The same followed Paul and us and cried saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show us the way of salvation. Great swelling words, especially in this season, when you have the people who know how to say, thus say the Lord, lying prophets, thus say the Lord of hosts, da 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 And you know nothing is coming from God, right? They're, they're just trying to impress, everybody's trying to be prophetic these days. Huh? And this, this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So when you have a person that is even speaking words to you that, that seem as if they are from God, okay? But this was a deceiving spirit. When, when deceiving spirits come around, what are they going to do? Are they going to um, express themselves in such a plain way? that you're going to know that they're, no, they're going to go as close to the, the real as possible. And Paul had that ability to discern and to know that this was not of God. We saw that last week we're looking at Jesus actually rebuking Peter and saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Not talking to Peter, but talking about the influence that was happening in Peter at that moment. And therefore, we have to operate in, um, in these 
in these gifts and spiritual perception, especially as we go out there to minister to people. You have to be very, very aware because these demonic entities, they are crafty. They are very, very crafty. When you begin to realize oh, demons, they, they are crafty. And you have to be detached emotionally because when, for example, someone that you care for, someone that you love, begin to speak something that sounds good to you, right? Like Peter was doing to the Lord. But Jesus was rootless when he rebuked him, rootless. And if it's a spirit, we need to be rootless. We don't, listen, be very careful with God's people, okay? Be very tender when you um, speak to them. But that demon, that is a um, thing they understand. You have to be very firm at times. Or these um, spirits will manipulate you. Acts 14, 8 to 10. Really, another quick one. Acts 14, 8 to 10. I think we're doing good time. Thank you, Kim, for helping with the scriptures, making my life easy. Uh, where, where am I? Acts 14. Actually, that might not be the scripture that I'm looking for. Actually, let's go from Acts 14, yeah, 8. And there sat, uh, let's go 8 to 10. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So Paul perceived that this man had faith to be healed. He's, he had spiritual perception. Right? And look what, what look at the gain. He said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. He leaped and walked. And sometimes, you know, I've been in the mall. I prayed for multiple people and they have not gotten healed. Um, but I prayed for multiple people and they have got healed. <clears throat> but there are times when you can perceive and say, God's going to heal you. You see the faith, you know, you perceive the faith. And the expectation that is in that person, the childlike faith. And you go, it's like, no, that's that's what happened there. Spiritual perception. So discerning of spirits, it's very important. Especially thinking about today and thinking about preachers. So many different opinions that are there. And people have great swelling words and speak with eloquence. But they're, what they're speaking is not consistent with scripture. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4 verses 1. 1 Timothy 4 and verses 1. This is why we have to operate in this gift of discerning of spirits. It says, 1 Timothy 4 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrine of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. There are many different things that are being spoken out there, many different, um, even pastors that have been taken away because they did not, you know, use discernment and begin to listen to doctrines that was not consistent with the word of God. And this is why we, we have to pray and ask God for that impartation of, you know, that discernment. 
to commoners. <clears throat> Let's look at the last one and then we'll wrap it up. And this one is a little bit, sometimes can be a little bit contentious too. And, and I, and I, Thank God he gave me a, a bit of understanding. I don't have all of the understanding. But look, let's look at diverse kinds of tongues. Now, we know that there are different tongues. Because you have, you have this church that speak in tongues. Then you have that church that says you shouldn't speak in tongues. Or many different, opinion, different opinions on, it, on this. But as you go through the scripture, you will realize that we have different kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. Now, one of the tongues that we have is... Tongues for personal edification and growth. The Bible talks about a tongue, a tongue that is for personal edification and growth. Now, mark these. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, and we'll read verses 2. 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 2. And then after that, we'll read, read verses 4. Verses 2, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, Speak it not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, albeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, albeit in the, the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So this ear is a tongue that you're speaking directly to God. Tongues for personal edification and verses four let's read verses four it says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself edifieth himself but he that prophesied edified the church so if you're speaking the bible says if you speak in an unknown tongue you build up your spirit man your spirit man becomes stronger it's a supernatural drink just like how you can drink naturally to uh, quench your thirst and uh, invigorate your body. You can invigorate your spirit by speaking in tongues. And the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 4, that he edified himself. So that's one of the use for personal edific edification and growth. I actually heard this testimony by John Bevere, and he was talking about someone in his church, their son had died, and that person prayed in tongues for three hours. Three hours. And then he commanded his son to come back from the dead, and he was raised from the dead. What is the difference between, why did he not command his son to come from the dead before he spoke in tongues for three hours? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. He didn't believe that he, if he spoke it, there would be any value. He was not, the, the faith that he needed to do so was not in him at that moment. But after praying in tongues for three hours, that power, that faith boiled up inside of him. That he, you know, and we know another guy that was like that. That's why Smith Wigglesworth, he would hit people, dead people, back to life. The only reason why they didn't hit him back when they came back to life is because they were dead when he hit them. Right? That is one reason for tongues. Now, the Bible talks about another tongue. If we go to Acts 2, tongues as a sign for unbelievers. So one is edification, self-edification, and two, Acts 2, 6 to 11. Let's go to that scripture. Uh, from verse 6, 
It says, now when this was noised abroad, talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we're familiar with the disciples actually waiting in the upper room for that promise that Jesus had promised them. But taking it from verse 6, it says, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. So this tongues was, for example, I can't speak Chinese. And uh, the Lord sent me to China and I have a translator. And the translator, or I was supposed to have a translator. And the translator did not turn up. And then the Holy Spirit comes on me and I begin to preach Jesus in the Chinese language. That's another, that's a, another tongue that is actually available. One person that I um, heard a testimony that she operated in this is Anna Mendez. And she said that she went to Germany and there was uh, some, just some hiccups when she was preaching. And the Lord gave her the German language. And she preached the message in the German language. And then the, lang the language left her supernatural, supernaturally. Verses 8, and how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. So this was not common that... Um, people would speak the language languages of the community from where they were where they were not from and all of a sudden they were able to begin to communicate to people from all walks of life in their own languages and this impacted it this is a tongue that is for unbelievers this is a tongue that is for unbelievers so we see a second use of speaking in tongues that there be no confusion when we see people operating in tongues in different dimensions that are not that have not been revealed to us that have not been revealed to us but then there's a third one and that tongues as a ministerial gift and this is one of the reasons why i believe um you know in previous um times the church has misunderstood this and they're saying that we should not pray in tongues like in public right but that that's not necessarily the case. It's just that we have different uses of tongues. Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 12. And then we'll go from 28 to 30. And we're going to wrap up pretty soon. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go from 28 to 30. It says, And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. As a ministerial gift, like, like not consistent with speaking in tongues for edification or for the tongues we previously discussed about tongues are for unbelievers, but as a minister for ministerial purposes, speaking in tongues, uh, uh, diversities of tongues. And then in verses 29, Paul says, are all apostles? Are all prophets? The answer, no, not all are apostles, not all are prophets. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? In this case, no. Talking about tongues, um, special tongues. Do all interpret. He said, but covet earnestly the best gift. Yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And if we go 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verses 5, he says here, I would that ye all speak with tongues. So Paul is desiring that we would all speak 
with tongues. This scripture is referring to tongues as a ministerial gift. Not everyone will speak in diverse kinds of tongues. Everyone can speak in tongues, and it's Paul's desire that everyone speak in tongues. But not everyone speak in the, in the context of it being from a ministerial perspective. There's, there are not too many people that I know that operate in this tongue. In this, I, I was saying to uh, Marcia, I believe that she has that gift because I've observed that Marcia speaks in tongues. In that case, Mar she speaks in tongues and then they, she interprets it, interprets it. So if someone get up in the church and they have an utterance, then it should be followed up by an interpretation, whether it be from the same person or someone else in the church. So this is one of the gifts. The ministerial gifts and that um will bring a little bit of uh, clarity as to the different uses of tongues it's very important that we understand these gifts are there for our use for our, for us to receive and we must desire them and ask the lord for them begin now in your prayer to say lord these gifts that i saw operated in your early church in the book of acts these gifts that you received after you were baptized by john the baptist and immersed in water and, and the holy spirit came on you like a dove and I see, Lord, where you had so much impact because the Bible said that in him, the fullness of the Godhead dwells. You know, Jesus had unlimited amount of the Holy Spirit. But in us, we might operate, we could, in our lifetime, we could potentially operate in all of the gifts, but we have some of the primary ones, right? We must begin to desire and ask God for them because they're going to help us to win the loss. This is how Jesus won the loss when he went out there. People um, were transformed. People were changed. People that were resistant to truth were so all of a sudden open to truth. When you pray for someone and they get healed, what is the likelihood that they're going to believe? When you're able to tell someone, you met, um, and I don't want to use no car accident. I don't want anyone to uh, meet in a car accident. So what else? When you can tell someone, okay? That they, uh, we're always using bad examples as the, uh, 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 you know, but we have to do this because the fact is that God wants to fix it. That's why I'm speaking stuff like car accident. Well, let's say someone was in a fight, you know, they got, they got punched and the, the teeth here has um, shifted, for example. And you were able to tell that person that this happened in their life and it's not causing you pain, right? Isn't that easier for you to win them to the Lord now? Because I know you can let them know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and his spirit lives inside of you. And he's the one that gave you this revelation and gave you this um, word concerning that person. And now you can, you can win that person. You can begin now to say you can have a relationship with God. So when you begin to pray, now we pray and ask God to activate us in these gifts. And that's what I'm going to... Um, pray this morning that God would activate us in these gifts as we gifts as we go back to speak to the people in our family in our workspaces that we will be mindful Lord what is it how do I minister in this situation because if I go intellectually I might be resisted but you have the technique the technology the gift that you can manifest that they will know that this is not something from the intellect of a man so this is what we wanted to um I wanted to share this morning, Lord, put on my heart. And I just want to pray. We'll pray for people. That's the cusp of the message. We'll pray for anyone that needs prayer. But I just want to say a general prayer and just ask the Lord. And I want you guys to be mindful. Be mindful when you go. We're doing, we are, we are not here to play church. We, you know, 
and the the power of God that is um, not myself and Kim only, but I know several people have been sharing many testimonies of what God has been doing in their lives, and that's the idea. The idea the idea is not for um, God wants everybody to be activated in this season, especially in this season where the world is looking for solution and we need the supernatural power of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for your word. Oh, Lord God, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the revelation, the understanding that you have given to your body, to your church, oh, Lord God. You have given us spiritual gifts, oh, Lord God, and we have been held back in previous seasons, oh, Lord. We have not received, we have not walked in the fullness of this, these gifts that you have given to your church, Lord. Because of unbelief, whatever it is. But Father, we repent and come before you today. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that every person that is under the sound of my voice now, that you have called and that you have gifted, O oh Lord God, whether they hear this tape now or tomorrow, O oh Lord, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as they hear these words, let your Holy Spirit, activate them supernaturally, O oh Lord God, that they would begin to have faith to believe that you would manifest these gifts that you have given to your body, O oh Lord God, that we might go out, that we might win the lost, O oh Lord, that we might heal the sick, O oh Lord God, that we might offer hope to a broken world, O oh Lord God, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, O oh Lord God. So activate, O oh Lord God, according to your divine grace, plans and purpose for each and every person that is on this Zoom service this morning. Father, activate them, O Spirit of the living God, even now. Activate them, O Lord God, in words of wisdom, in words of knowledge, in the gift of discernment, and in those tongues and special tongues, O Lord God. Activate us now, O Lord God Almighty, because we live in a world that needs the Holy Spirit, that needs these gifts, O Lord to function, O oh Lord God. Steer us up, O oh Lord God, that we would begin to have an expectation and faith towards you, Lord God, that truly you desire that the lost would be saved, O oh Lord God. So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as your people, step before situations and scenarios and people that you have bring them to, Lord God Almighty. Let the gift of healing come on them, O oh Lord God, and let them know, O oh God Almighty, that they have it, O oh Lord God, that they might express it and impart your healing power to others, O oh Lord God. So that their family members that have been previously resistant to your truth, O oh Lord God, that their hearts might be turned to you now through this supernatural ministration, O oh God. So touch your people, Holy Spirit. Come now in Jesus' mighty name and touch each and every person here, O oh Lord God. And define their calling, define their gifting, O oh Lord God, and allow them to function accordingly. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word, O oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing now. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that will come about because of this stirring up that you're undertaking in us this morning. And we give you the praise and the thanks, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So if you have, uh, you want to share anything? Sure. Um, the gift of the Spirit, actually, it's one of my favorite topics in the Bible actually and um yeah that was really insightful that under the message that he had shared and we had to go through this also and upon going through the teaching of it that's how we were able to get activated in the prophetic in the words of knowledge and so forth so i would just encourage you just to be open and just not to miss this teaching because 
in the word it says that our people perish because of lack of knowledge and when you have the knowledge then you know when you have the giftings now you know what gifting you have and how you can reach the loss with this gifting that the Lord has given to you because he said he had given these giftings to the body right and then this is what we will go out there with and use it to pull the souls and to pull the loss and um just for example well Andrade shared all the testimonies so there's no reason well most so um just an example is um how he um mostly flow in the gift of wisdom and myself, as he was saying, the prophetic. So when we would even counsel um, people, um, they would always like whenever I'm talking to somebody, they would know that he's on the phone because just as um, just to keep ourselves or just to keep myself accountable, what we like to do is for both to be on the phone so you could get both the wisdom and the prophetic and not for me just to be sharing with anyone because no prophetic word is for privacy or for secrecy right so that's why we do it that way just to keep ourselves accountable so that's why when even people call they were like okay yes it's a two for one deal i know that you both are on the phone and we do that just for your sake just you'll get the fullness of the giftings right and um, it's so important to learn and to understand these things because even in the church and most of you guys that are on the platform, we do know that you're going to be going out into your own calling and you're just here as preparation. So as you learn these things, you'll be able to take it into whatever sector or body of the church that the Lord will take you into, even into the workplace. You'll have the gift of discernment when something come your way. Okay, is this the truth or is this um, bogus? And it will come so close that you won't even know within yourself, like looking at it with your eyes. Even sometimes when we go out there, ladies with the shopping, with the purse, sometimes when you see a Gucci bag, the knockoff, it looks so close, like you can't even tell unless you go and dig in there to look at the labels and so, so is the things of the spirit it is even so much more so you will need oh. the spirit in order to discern these things when they come your way so the gifting is so important so important try not to miss them because it will be for your edification also and you will know the gift things that you have and how to even move in the gifting without confusion and with clarity because even though you might understand it it will be clash if you don't know when to manifest it if you don't know how right so this is what we're going to be laying out the how to and the when not to and so forth so i just wanted to share that just for clarification and it's so important and just try not to miss miss this Amen. Praise God. If you have if you have prayer requests, uh, you can uh, begin to type type them. The request that you have for prayer. This is it. You know, you're at the supermarket, the supermarket of heaven. Pick up the gift. Can I just add something that came to my mind? It came to my mind toward the uh, you're sharing right there, and this is really how God is inviting us, you and me how we should go. I mean, how he is inviting us to ask for this gift. This is what it says. This came to my mind uh, is Luke 11 and it's verse 13. I really like the way the Holy Spirit uh, speaks to me. It's usually through Bible verse. And it says here, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more with your Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. 
basically he is he is inviting you and me to ask not for the holy spirit but also for the gift that comes with the holy spirit amen that's all that was my 25 cents canadian sounds more like a dollar also, i keep it know, 25 cents that idiom okay uh, you know what let me get um shanake i hope you're in the mood to share your testimony I'm here. <laughs> awesome. It's all yours. Oh, yeah. Well, you already told most of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like that day when I came to your house and you were praying for me. And like at first, I, I, like, I couldn't breathe. I could feel myself like I couldn't breathe. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? This is weird, you know? And then um, Kim and Andrade, they stopped. And then they're like, okay, you need, you need to, there's, there's something blocking this, you know? You need to forgive somebody, you need to forgive. So I'm just like, okay, you know? And I'm thinking back, I'm just like, yeah, I need to forgive my family and people who did me wrong. And I did that. And then they started praying for me again. And they, I was just like thinking to myself, I was just like, okay, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen because a lot of people prayed for me, you know, but you know, I'm going to try my best to just say, okay, God, just give it to me, give it to me. Cause now I understand now I got the word and, and I'm not confused anymore, you know, because that was my thing. That was just really, I really had a hard time because I would get so many explanations and nothing would really click with me. I'm just like, no, you need, I, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. So I'm not going to say, okay, I want the Holy Spirit and I don't understand what it is. So after I, I, I got that explanation, I'm just like, okay, God, just let me, just let me just, just fill me up. Just, I need it, you know? And then only thing I knew, I was on the floor and I was just speaking in tongues. And I was so shocked. I was so surprised because I, like, it wasn't me moving my mouth, you know? It was just uh, just God, like, letting something come out of my mouth. And I was just so surprised. And in that moment, it's just like the spiritual realm just opened up to me because I didn't, I, I really didn't experience anything like that, like physical like that. And it really, it really had me, because like, I, I got up and I was sitting, I was thinking just like, wow, God, you know, this has been blocking me for so long. And finally, you know, you just reveal itself to me. Yeah, I was, I was so blessed. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Praise God. <laughs> that's what happened, you know, whenever there's a glitch that um, the Holy Spirit will let you know what is it that's causing that glitch. And then we, we can all receive. And that's just one area. We're talking about one area, but that's it. So I don't see any prayer requests. Um, I guess everybody's just, uh, doing well, right? Better than me. Maybe I should get somebody to pray for me then. Who's, let me see who's going to, who's going to pray for me. Somebody pray for me. Pray that God would give me more because I need it because we want to change the world. We always do that. Okay. Go ahead, Adriana. Oh, I did this already. Oh, and every day, come on. Yeah. <laughs> From yeah, this is, London. yeah, before I can really uh, pray, this is really something strange. Since I have been um, part of this ministry, I always say this. It's one thing when you have got a list of uh, 
prayer requests or prayer plans. And it's another thing when the Holy Spirit reminds you. And in my everyday pray, I usually, uh, Kim, Andrea, the children, and the whole team usually comes to my mind. And this is clearly a sign to me that, yes, there is something, yes, I should be praying. Yeah, so that's what I say. I always pray. Um, Father God, I want to say thank you. I just want this to be like a routine, and no, Father God. Through Jesus and with faith in Jesus Christ, I freely come to you, Father God, with faith, presenting, lifting your son, but also his wife and the whole family. Father God, my prayer is that special grace. That special grace, Father God. Oh, Father God, the manifestation of your glory. Yes, Father God, I have seen it. My request, my prayer is more of that. Father God, make him a real tool, instrument, weapon in your hands. Use him so people will know that the God that is preached here in his audience is the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Father God, through your sons and your daughters, through this family, Father God, do what you did in the book of Acts. We want to see more. I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for Android and Kim's life. And I thank you for the children. Father God, beat that wall of fire around their lives. Be that wall of fire around the house. Be that wall of fire around this ministry. Father God, I just want this to be a simple prayer. Like we always know, Father God, I am praying and I'm asking and expecting to say something. And I thank you. And I thank you, Father God. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for the gifts. I thank you for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Andrew's life, Kim's life and your protection over the children. And I thank you for the ministry, Father God. I thank you for the life of each one. Father God, it is the grace that comes from you because without that grace, without your love, I don't think we would have put everything aside to come here together, sitting by your feet to receive. And I thank you for what we have received today. We want to see, yes, we want to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Next week, Father God, we want to hear people talking about the spirit of discernment. What of knowledge? What of wisdom? Father God, we want testimony because we have prayed. We believe that you have activated these gifts. And we want to thank you. Thank you, Father God. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think uh, 